Seeds by No Stone Theatre. This episode is brought to you in association with Warwick University's UK Gene Bank. We recommend using headphones for the best listener experience. Episode 1. This is the fire. So, we carry on. Yes, we carry on. The trucks haven't come. We still carry on. There's frost in the basement. Every single sample is to be evacuated. There are a hundred thousand samples. One hundred seeds of each put into little bags. And sealed. And labelled. We will still carry on. I will do China. I will do Central Asia. I will do India. Malaysia. I will do the Mediterranean. I will do Abyssinia. South Mexico. I will do Central America. South America. I will do Chile. I will do Brazil. I will do Paraguay. I will do Georgia. We'll die. We're always going to die. So then let's start. And I'm aware. Suddenly. And there are the echoes of it still. Voices. Places. Rising, then fading. And I try and keep hold of it, but like water in my hands, it slips away and there's nothing. And I have to start again. I only know what I know now, in this moment. And I don't know how long the moment will last. A minute. An hour. A day. I know that this is the sound of a heart monitor. It's registering 89 beats per minute. I know this is the buzz of a fluorescent light flickering at 60 hertz. And I know it makes my pupils dilate when I look at it. I know this is a side table. And I know there is a glass of water on it and a smudge on the rim where I've taken a sip. I know this is the sound of hospital radio coming from two, maybe three rooms down. I know this is a crack in the ceiling because I am on my back looking straight up. I know I can smell disinfectant. I know I can touch cotton sheets. I know I have a metallic taste in my mouth. I know I am alive and I know that I haven't passed out yet. And so I carry on. I carry on. I know this is a button under my finger. This is the whir of an adjustable bed as it moves me into a sitting position. I know this is a drip in the back of my hand. And I can see there are scars. Perhaps two or three weeks old on my arms and elbows. I know this room has four beds in it, but I'm the only person occupying one. I know the curtains can be drawn around me, 
but at the moment they're half open. Like someone has come in to look at the machine by my bed and then left in a hurry without closing them again. I know there is a note which says do not discharge and so I know I can focus, I know I don't wear glasses and I know I can read. I run my tongue over my lips. They are dry and cracked. I lean over for the glass and take a sip of the water. The glass clinks against my teeth as my hand shakes and the water spills into my mouth unevenly and some of it goes down the wrong way and I cough. I feel the pain of the cough in my chest, in my collarbone, in my spine, in my head. At the sound, someone approaches the room and I can see a figure at the door. I can see the handle turning. This is an alarm, sounding in my head or in the hospital. In the hospital, I think. The alarm is in the nurse's station and the handle flips back and the figure turns from the door and I can hear the sound of feet running down a corridor and away. I can hear shouts. I can hear far doors swinging open and shut. I can hear the sound of the heart monitor now registering 90 beats per minute. I was doing something. I know I was doing something important before I was injured, but I don't know what. I know I have to leave. I should leave now. This is the sharp sensation in the body when you take a drip out of your hand and the sound of a sensor being peeled off the body. This is the flash of a warning light, both on the drip and on the wall. Oh, this is the click of bones which haven't taken weight for I don't know how long. This is the temperature of the floor, which is cooler than the soles of my feet. This is how my inner ear helps me balance as I stand. This is the chair which I use to steady myself. This is a stray hair on the back of it which isn't mine, and which suggests I once had a visitor. It's a short grey hair. A male visitor, I think. And this is the view through the blinds and out of the window and into the night. It's where you can see the orange streetlights glowing above the city. And below you can see the flashing blues of emergency vehicles. And in the distance, a fire. I think I see a fire in the distance over the hills, red in the sky. I think I've got this far before. I think I've stood looking out at the fire on the horizon and then someone has noticed an alert from my machine and helped me back into the bed and put the drip back in my hand and asked me what I was doing. Perhaps I told them that before I was injured I was doing something important and I needed to find out what it was and get back to it. On this occasion, though, a louder alarm is sounding in the hospital and something is happening which means that no one is concerned about a patient standing at the foot of her bed and looking out at the night sky and feeling like she can almost feel the fire on her face. This is the chart hooked onto the end of my bed which lists the drugs I've been given and the vitals that were last taken. 
This is my name. This is my age. This is my blood type. This is a list of injuries I have suffered. No cause is given. And no next of kin listed. This is a locker in the corner of my room where my clothes have been stored. This is my shirt with a little logo stitched into the pocket. There's a tear through it and I can't make out the word. I can see an A and perhaps another A. It smells of lemon, which must have been rubbed into it before it was washed to help get the blood out. This is where my coat was sprayed with disinfectant before being scrubbed by hand. These are my trousers, clean but torn at the knee. These are my shoes, still scuffed, but tighter now because my ankles have swollen. This is the mirror where I stand and look at myself. This is where I see a woman who works, at a desk by the looks of things, and at a place that has a branded uniform. This is where I see a shaven head and an ugly scar across the top of my skull. And this is my finger, lightly tracing it from front to back. Not sore, but not numb. This is the quiver of my shirt as my heart beats underneath it, faster still, but I don't know the rate because the sensor is dangling on the floor by my bed. This is the handle which I grab to keep upright. Woozy, suddenly, from too much lying down, oh, from hunger. The wave passes, but then another comes, thin blood, blotches in my eyes. When it passes, I push the handle to open the door. This is the sound of my own breathing. This is the empty nurse's station. This is a switchboard lit up and a coffee cup left standing and still steaming. This is the same alarm, but even louder now, drowning out the sound of a patient's footsteps as she walks unsteadily out of her hospital room and down the corridor. I pass a ward, a male ward. Gaunt faces, yellow skin. None of them press their call buttons or look over. I pass a female ward. Oxygen tubes and clammy faces. I don't know any of them. And if I've talked to them during my stay, I don't remember. I only know ten minutes of my history for certain. And I've read my name on a chart and on a locker. And I'm wearing a shirt which tells me that I work. I pass another ward. One of the women looks over at me. I catch her eye, and I hold it for a moment. She manages a smile, like the smile a dying mother might give to her child, and wants her to know it doesn't hurt, even though it does. And the child knows it does. She starts putting up her hand like she might wave and ask to come with me. If she could hear me, I would tell her I don't know where I'm going. And when I find out, it might not be somewhere she wants to be. It might not be somewhere I want to be either. This is the lift at the far end of the building. It's empty. This is the button for the ground floor. And this is the sound the lift makes as it passes oncology, paediatrics, and the canteen. 
Whatever the emergency is in the hospital, it's not one that disables the lift. The walls are stainless steel, burnished a little, and so my reflection is blurred. I look at it anyway. I say out loud, what happened to you? My voice is a whisper. I wonder when it was last used. This is the bump as the lift reaches the bottom. This is the sound of lift doors opening onto a busy reception. In front of me is a patient left in a wheelchair, waiting to be admitted or assessed. He's looking at my shaven head and my ripped trousers, looking at my cracked lips and my uniform, looking at my scuffed shoes. I see him nod, just a little, as if he knows I am leaving. He beckons me over. I don't move. He takes off his hat and he holds it out. He wants me to have it. It's a winter hat, so perhaps it's winter. He tries to say, take it, but the words don't come, but that's what he means. And so I do, and I put it on. He nods at me, and he closes his eyes before I can say thank you. I wonder if he believes he'll never go home again, and so he doesn't care about his hat anymore, and it may as well go to a woman who's leaving a hospital too early so she can find out what happened to her and what she was doing when it did. Head covered, I walk towards the exit. It's perhaps only 30 steps to the door, and at each one I expect reception staff or security or a doctor to shout out my name and call me back. I plan a gesture, a, a having a cigarette gesture in case that happens, but the current emergency, whatever it is, has distracted everyone. The alarms are still ringing, and the phones are still buzzing, and beyond the doors, I see the fire on the horizon burning brighter now. And so it is that a woman, hungry, dressed in a dark coat over a uniform of an unknown workplace and wearing a winter hat to guard against the cold and to hide her scar, is able to walk freely out into the cold, frosty air of St. Petersburg and away. Seeds by No Stone Theatre, starring Nina Sasanya, Graham Rose, Jordan Kemp, Katie Stevens and Kirsty Ryder. The text is by Nick Walker, music and sound design by John Owen and the artwork by Gemma Hattersley. It was directed by Nicholas Pitt and produced by Johanna Taylor. Episode 1 was brought to you in partnership with Warwick University's UK Gene Bank, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary this week. The UK Vegetable Gene Bank works to conserve crop diversity and keep it available for the future. Managed by the University of Warwick School of Life Sciences, they have around 14,000 seed samples of vegetable crops, including broccoli, carrot, onions and lettuce. Their globally important collection is available to use by plant breeders and researchers from across the world, and it is a vital tool in the development of better crops able to meet the challenges of delivering more food in a changing environment. They work in collaboration with scientists and plant breeders to understand the diversity in their own collection and support its use. 
as better crops in the future will enable increased food production with less impact on our environment. For more info, please go to warwick.ac.uk slash GRU slash GeneBank slash 40th. And please join us next week for episode two, which is brought to you with Julie's Bicycle, and subscribe now using Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please also check out our website, nostonetheatre.com, for more info about the series, and also reach us on social media if you like the show. Seeds is a No Stone Theatre production and was made possible with funding from Arts Council England.